Hello, Texture Lounges. It's Toomey Brooks, and you are here for Solo Sewed 28. Now, today's supposed to be a day off today for me. However, you guys should know by now that I'm really big on productivity. So just because it's a day off for me doesn't necessarily mean that I'm literally on the couch doing nothing. That drives me crazy. So I'm really pleased today to say that I've achieved quite a few things even before 11 a.m. this morning. So for example, I worked out for 45 minutes this morning, which is which was basically made up of a bunch of strength training, um, followed by a 25-minute meditation. That is a record for me. I dabble in meditation from time to time. I've I haven't cre- I haven't quite mastered the art of really just sitting still and being able to turn away my distractions and thoughts. I mean, they always say if a thought comes up while you're meditating, like don't work to, you know, push them out or push them away from your mind, just kind of be in it. But I still struggle with that. Anyway, 25 meditate, 25 minute meditation achieved. I usually do five to maybe 10 minutes. So that's a win. Then I went out for a walk, a 55-0-minute walk, and I used that time to catch up with my parents. I spoke to my mom and my dad uh, for a chunk of time. I didn't catch them this weekend, so it was actually quite nice to, to stroll, to get some fresh air while catching up with my parents. So yeah, super productive. And then I decided that I needed to record a solo show today. It wasn't planned, but... There's been quite a few things that have happened the last uh, week, maybe two weeks that I want to talk about. So we're going to get we're going to get into it. So firstly, um, I've been traveling a lot the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, I was in Los Angeles with my Purology family. Um, if you know what I do, I, I sort of head marketing globally for three incredible brands at L'Oreal. Um, one brand is Mizani, which is my baby, a brand that is designed for women who have, well, anyone who has textured hair. Uh, second brand is L'Oreal Technique, which is a hair color brand, which you find in Sally Beauty. And the third brand is Purology, which is a brand that is centered around being um, 100% vegan. It is a brand that is all about um, being safe for color-treated hair. But anyway, I digress. Purology had a national um, education training in Los Angeles two weeks ago. So my whole team flew out and we really had a good time being together because I work remote. I don't get to see my team um, I didn't get a lot of FaceTime with them. So it was great to be able to be with them over the last, over the five days. And they surprised me with a farewell for me. Um, I'm leaving. This is my last week at L'Oreal. It feels surreal. And um, it was a really great time together. They, you know, one of my colleagues, Naz, she, she was so sweet and, you know, was open to hosting my farewell at her beautiful, beautiful home in LA. And, you know, the the decor down to the food items, which included items like jollof rice and suya, which are key staples in the Nigerian uh, cuisine. And I have to say, I mean, there was there was a lot of laughter. It was a lot of fun. There were lots of tears. I'm not a big crier, but I did cry. Everyone cried. (laughs) Um, It was a night that I will always remember. It was so tastefully done. My boss has like one of the 
best eyes for, you know, detail, attention to detail and aesthetics. And it was truly a night that was curated and felt very much like me. So thank you to my team for a very special night. But um, I just got back from another trip from the West Coast um, last week. A few days ago, I flew out to San Francisco. We had a meeting with Sephora for both Mazzani and Purology, where we kind of share, you know, the amazing launches that we have coming up in 2023. So we take them through all the launches. They ask us a bunch of questions. And essentially, it's a meeting for us to get aligned on the activities for next year to promote those launches, as well as core um, products in our portfolio. But I don't want to get too technical. My point is, with all this traveling, I've really gotten the knack, right? I've really gotten down the detail of traveling light, right? Like I literally carry my carry-on onto the plane and that is it. I am not checking a bag. I used to back in the day, my amateur days of, <laughs> of traveling, but in, um, you know, years gone by, I've, I've really just changed that mindset and literally travel with a carry, carry-on case. So I'm usually able to get seven to 10 days worth of clothes and accessories and shoes and all that good stuff in my carry-on. Marie Kondo folding technique, that technique has has helped me get my packing, my light packing down um, to this degree. So traveling light is a travel hack that I honestly will continue to do. And I, I would highly recommend that you are ruthless when you pack for your trips. It just makes it super easy. It means you don't have to check a bag. And when you land, you don't have to go to baggage claim and wait for your baggage. And God forbid they lose your case. Like I literally want to get off the plane and hop into my taxi and be where I need to be. Second thing is TSA pre-check and clear are, oh my gosh, God sense. I mean, even TSA pre-check these days, the line there can can be really huge, could be long. I feel like a lot of people have onboarded themselves onto, onto pre-check, but clear, ooh, that is like, that thing makes being at the airport palatable, right? Being able to get to the airport, go straight to clear, they scan my eyes or my iris, and I head straight through into security, just show them my boarding pass. I don't have to show them my passport or my ID. And I'm prioritized other uh, over people who are standing in line and in the standard line or even in the pre-check line. So it's a breeze. I, I think I, how do I pay for clear? I think I get it through my platinum American Express card. So if you have that, it's really, really worth it. I believe it's free. You might have to check or they reimburse you for it. Get TSA pre-check and get clear. If you are a frequent traveler, you need this. And then um, lastly, you know, being away from home, you know, I'm a homebody. I love to be at home. I love to be at home. I love to curate my environment. Super important to me. So when I do travel, I like to take a few, you know, a few home comforts with me that make me feel like I'm home, even though I'm not. For me, it's a good book. Right now, you know that I'm reading Sisters of the Yam by Bell Hooks, which I'm still getting through only because I'm not committing, you know, daily time towards reading. But it's awesome. I love it. It's going to be one of those books that I reread. 
Second thing is fragrance. I am so big on fragrance. One of the things that I love to do first thing in the morning is to light Palo Santo, which is a stick of wood um, from a very specific tree in South America that when lit, it gives off this really grounding, earthy, uh, warm fragrance. I highly recommend it. For me, it's been a game changer. I've, I've been using it for years and years and years. That I take with me. I just stick it in my carry-on with a lighter. And when I get to my hotel room, because, you know, hotel rooms kind of have that nothing smell or that musky smell, or I just, I hate that. So I just like to, you know, light my piece of wood and waft it in the air for a couple seconds, because obviously you don't want to set off the alarm in the hotel. Um, and I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I'm giving you all the tea. That is what I do. Some people take a travel candle with them. I have done once or twice, but I prefer my Palo Santo because the fragrance for me is just what I need to keep me feeling as though I'm at home, even when I'm not. And then lastly, some skincare faves. And for me, Claire's Elements of Comfort is my jam. Now, Leslie Thornton, who is the founder of Claire, if you're listening to this you guys need a travel size for elements of comfort. Love, 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 love this. I have so many bottles. Okay, I lie. I have like three bottles in my house and they're all open. One in my office, on my desk for that in-between Zoom meeting glow. I have a second one in my bathroom cabinet. Love to use it post-shower or in the evenings uh, before I go to bed for my feet or for my hands. And I also have one by my bedside, obsessed, obsessed. I don't think there's any brand or any product that I have the same product to different places of my house. Actually, I lie, lip balm, <laughs> probably one in my car, desk, bag, who knows? But anyway, Claire, love them, amazing brand, black owned and female owned brand. Check them out. So have you guys been following this TikTok trend that's popped up very recently, all about quiet quitting. If you haven't, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it because I find it fascinating. So again, this is a recent trend. It is um, all over social media, particularly TikTok. When you search the hashtag uh, quiet quitting, there are so many videos with a total viewership of, I think, 61.8 million views. 61.8 million eyeballs watching videos about quiet quitting. That is huge. Now, some of you might be asking, I don't know anything about this. Like, what is quiet quitting? Tell me about it to me. Well, quiet quitting is essentially when employees, when they realize that they've been going over and beyond for years in their job, over delivering, going above their key job accountabilities, doing more than even what their job description asks of them. But employers on the flip side aren't meeting those individuals by rewarding them, by acknowledging this extra work that they're doing, by promoting them, giving them a pay rise. They're not doing these things at all or they're not doing these things fast enough. Hence, hashtag great resignation, right? So that's quiet quitting. It's when employees are doing the must-dos, not the nice-to-dos, not the extras, no longer coming into the office at eight o'clock in the morning when their job starts at nine o'clock. They're literally showing up 8.59 or 9 a.m. 
quiet quitters are doing the minimum, right? They're doing what they have to do. They're not going beyond their job description. You know what? My opinion on this is that in certain situations, I think this is fair, right? If, if you are putting in the work consistently and you're not being recognized, you're not being rewarded, then okay, what's the point? Like, why would you continue to overdo when your job or your employer is not meeting you in the middle or showing you that they value the extra contributions that that you're doing? So I get it. But I do think that it depends on your tenure. I think it really depends on how long you've been in the company, what your reputation has been, um, how if you're junior, right, you've got to put it like my I'm old school. You got to put in the work, right? You have to show your value, right? You can't be young in your career showing up on time, which actually, in my opinion, is showing up late, right? You can't be young in your career, turning away work. Like you have to put in the time. If you envisage a, a strong career for yourself, you've got to put in the time. You've got to do the extra work. You've got to go beyond your job description. So if you're a junior level and you're seeing this quiet quitting theme or TikTok videos, don't, I don't encourage you to jump on that bandwagon. You need to build up your reputation in your role and in your company before you can start making demands. (laughs) Okay. And then what people aren't talking about though, is quiet firing. I think this one is also equally as interesting. Now, quiet firing, if you can imagine, is that, you know, you're doing the job, you're exceeding the expectations, you're going over and beyond, but your employer isn't rewarding you with that pay rise, that check, that promotion. This is a problem, right? Stop saying yes to everything. If this is the case, if you're living this life, stop, take stock, evaluate whether it's worth you staying in the role or the company that you're in, or whether it's time to move on, right? If it's time to move on, think about optimizing your network, look around you, set up coffee chats, find out what people are working on, learn if there are new job opportunities that are out there or about to be out there that leverage your strengths where you will be recognized. And most importantly, look for those teams where there is evidence of reward, right? You want to be in a team where there's a reputation, where you go over and beyond, you show ambition and you get rewarded for it. Because listen, burnout is real, right? Burnout is so real. And so is being taken advantage of. And I don't want that for any one of you out there. Oh, so that's quiet quitting and quiet firing. Now, the other thing that was brought to my attention this weekend from my sister-in-law, Rosie, if you're listening, thank you so much for sending this to me. She's always so plugged in. Now, Rosie is not a woman of color. She's married to my brother, but she is, man, she is well plugged into all the things that matter in the black community. And I love her for that. And she plugged me into this next topic, which is that Nigeria is the first country to ban the use of foreign models in ads. Yep, you heard that right. Nigeria, my homeland, is the first country to ban the use of foreign models in ads from October of this year. Timing is super interesting because October 1st is Nigeria's Independence Day. So this is a great time of the year to anchor this ban towards. So what does this mean? This means there will be a complete ban on the use of foreign models in Nigerian ads, meaning 
no British accents in voiceovers, and no foreign models can be featured in any ads placed in Nigeria. Now, the goal of the policy here is to develop local talent, which I am all for. I'm all for it. To provide more context, before this ban was even spoken about, companies that were advertising in Nigeria actually had to pay 100,000 naira, which equates to about $240 of a tax for every foreign model used in their adverts. Super interesting. I had no clue about that. And I'm glad that I dug that little nugget out. My thoughts, this is a bold move. It's a super strong move to to protect the audience from, I don't know, projected ideals of beauty, for example. Um, I think it also helps a nation instill a sense of pride. And then thirdly, it's also going to drive business locally versus externally. So I love the idea of, of models from Nigeria being prioritized in the casting process. I, I'm hoping this also means that from a production standpoint, we are hiring photographers, videographers, creative directors from Nigeria itself. I think this is a huge, huge move and I'm, I'm all for it. Ola Lekon Fadolapon, who is the Director General of the Advertising Regulator Council of Nigeria, he said it best. Advertising should resonate with the people. Absolutely. The danger of not moving in this direction, in my opinion, is that you risk projecting a standard of beauty that is not standard in the market. Nigeria is a highly populous country of, I believe, upwards of 200 million black men and women. Of course, there are, you know, people who've moved from other countries to explore business opportunities that live in Nigeria that may not be black, but Nigerians are black people. So how could it ever have made sense that models on a TV ad for maybe a beauty brand uh, with white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes, straight hair, how should a model like that be represented on beauty campaigns that are aired in Nigeria, right? It's a false standard of beauty for the Nigerian population. In my opinion, young, impressionable kids, they shouldn't be bombarded with visuals like this to the point where they question their own beauty. And we all know that that happens. We see this happen day in, day out. Uh, black, young black girls growing up, you know, questioning why they are black and why their hair doesn't, you know, lay flat against their back or doesn't swish like their white friends do. And a lot of that comes from what they, what they see on TV. So I, you know, I, I think this is a really bold move. I really believe that it will help curtail this complex that um, a lot of young women um, growing up in Nigeria or even African countries uh, feel. What I do think about this ban on the flip side is that the language they use is pretty harsh. Ban of foreign models. Of course, it was a headline. It's clickbait. It makes you want to, you know, click the link and read the article. But if they can flip the language to where they're saying that they are prioritizing local talent instead of saying banning foreign models. I just think that that would be better. So now that Nigeria has banned the use of foreign models in TV ad campaigns aired in Nigeria, can we can we talk about banning skin bleaching products now? I mean, come on. It's time to it's time to resurface this conversation. This has really become the direct cause of colorism, right? 
which is where men and women with lighter skin tones are treated more favorably and offered more opportunities than those who are of a darker complexion. It's time to tackle that problem. Um, According to Business Insider Africa, I saw this stat that 70% of Nigerian women alone admit to using skin lightening products. So let's talk about that. Let's, Let's legislate around that. I need to do a little bit more research, but I think I had seen somewhere that Ghana has actually prohibited the use of um, skin lightening products in their country. I have to look that up. Don't quote me on that. If they have, amazing. And they are our neighbors. So let's figure that out. I think the concern here is that revenue generated from skin bleaching products, probably a huge contributor to the country's GDP. So might be a reason why they are not looking to let go of that anytime soon. So that is it. Those are all my thoughts. We talked about quiet quitting. If there are any quiet quitters out there, if you are, if you are a self-identified quiet quitter, send me a DM. I really want to hear your thoughts on this because you know what? Even though quiet quitting is defined as, you know, not going beyond your job description, is that really a bad thing? But I think the problem here is that employers like to see ambition, they like to see enthusiasm, and these quiet quitters don't have it. So let me know your thoughts. For those of you interested in further exploring this conversation around foreign models being banned in ads that are being aired in Nigeria, again, send me a DM, leave me a review. I want to hear more. And lastly, if you are planning to take the leap from your nine to five, if you're leaving corporate and you want to bounce some thoughts and ideas um, with me or your feelings about it with me, I want to hear it. Remember, you know, for me, this is my last week in corporate. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's exhilarating. It's bittersweet. So you're not in this boat alone. I'm there with you and we can talk about it if that's what you want to do. Thank you guys for listening. Please do take the time to leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it. If you love this content, I need to know that you do so that I can create more of it. That's it from me. Talk soon.